0: Are you wearing overalls?
1: I am. Awesome. Well done.
0: Sweat overalls. (laughs) Wait, what? They're (laughs) phenomenal. Are you like
2: Mario Coast playing or something?
0: On on accident, but yes.
1: (laughs) It's-a me, Greg. (laughs) It's-a me, Stumpy. I will go to the castle to get the princess. Mm. This is very problematic.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's cannot... all, it's okay because you can make fun of Italians.
2: Uh, you can make fun of that's, that's an okay that's an okay ethnicity to make fun of currently.
0: Uh, yeah, I did not consider that when I put on
1: a red shirt this morning. Correct. <laughs> I mean, the other way you could wear a red shirt is to um, is to you know I I was gonna say die, but then I realized that not everybody knows Star Trek that well. Like, I I would oh, have got I would have gotten that. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, one of the girls I went to law school with, her boyfriend runs a shipping company in pe- Mill of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And apparently, these guys called Swoverall are from, like, the same general area, and they partnered up with the shipping company, like, when they first launched. So, they got a bunch of, like, excess ones, and they sent me a pair, and they're comfy as shit.
1: Noted. Sponsor us, Swoverall's. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a ad hoc version of the Touchline Media Group, because usually people know what they're talking about before they start a podcast, but hey, here we are. I'm your host, Asa, aka The Twig. I'm here with my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, Paramount Plus, and um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping for some overalls. I, guess. I think we hold
0: out for overalls.
1: Yeah, so we we'll, we will be in contact 12 rolls. Um we are joined by panelist friend lover Ben. Ben, how are you?
2: You have my attention.
1: Well, good. Um so yeah, so we're 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 here to talk a, a little bit about the uh the 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 soccer ball, the the thing. Um I think uh you know what? I I've, I've decided that this is our pre-transfer window discussion. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about things like that. Um, we'll also have a brief discussion of, um, I guess, the fiestable sort of. Fiesta. I guess. I, yeah. I'm, I'm. Aren't we trying to be less problematic? I can dance. Sure. If I want to. I mean, you, you can leave your my friends. friends but, yeah, yeah. All right. All right good. <laughs> Glad Russell. Maybe I knew where that was going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were gonna start this episode by talking about Leeds. So, dear listener, we actually we actually did have a plan. Um, that plan was sent out the window when Leeds decided to um not play the second half of this game. Um So uh I I'm gonna blame their loss on the lack of Tyler Adams. How about that?
2: I mean he Uh, probably would have been helpful, although when you just turn it over into an easy goal, like the second one. And I'm not sure that would have made all that big a difference.
0: I don't know how much help he would have been against Erling Haaland at this point. Uh, He, who is legitimately somehow halfway through the campaign, still a cheat code.
1: Yeah, they haven't, they haven't really figured. It's an interesting thing. And I talked about this at the beginning of the season. Um, Darwin Nunez undermines the point, but Erling Haaland very much proves the point, which is that Pep and uh, Klopp spent so long doing this whole "you don't need a striker, you don't need a big fast dude up top who can bully people," and I think that they just rope a doped the entire soccer world so that now they could get Erling Holland and Darwin Nunez and just be like, oh. "Hey, hey, remember those um those five eleven center backs who you all were obsessed with? Yeah, no, no." Oops and like you you would say to yourself like you know who would have been perfectly positioned for this moment would have been harry maguire but he sucks so
2: well everything is cyclical
1: uh unless wait hold on there's a joke there i don't know if you guys uh watched the old um Derek comedy um which yep. is the uh the donald glover uh sketch show but he has a a bit where he's um he's not thomas jefferson but one of the other guys is thomas jefferson who's an uh an immortal being and he keeps hinting that uh, that various like nefarious things are going on, like time not being linear. Um, anyways, uh, he talks about time being cyclical and how everything comes back, but in a different way.
0: That was a wonderful.
1: I just want everybody to watch the Thomas Jefferson sketch from Derek Comedy. Like, I, I understand that that was an unnecessary aside. But what I'm telling you is that is a very, very funny sketch in which they posit that Thomas Jefferson is an immortal undying being who is as old as the uh, universe itself.
2: That sounds very, uh, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy-esque.
1: But a little more absurd. I'm, 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 a, I'm a big fan of absurdist comedy. Um, but, yeah, Erling Holland, um is, is sort of unfair for the way that uh, Premier League teams are currently constructed. Um, and I'm not really sure what you do about it. I don't know.
2: Somehow they're not leading. Somehow they're not leading the Premier league.
1: Oh, that's because Arsenal uh, 2022 existed to make me feel bad about my sporting fandoms, (laughs) um, which is how you get, you know, Arsenal being top of the table and Michigan being in the playoff, et cetera, et cetera. Do
2: you know who uh, Tom Grossi is?
1: Tom Grossi.
2: He's a YouTuber that uh, is like more or less a Packer fan, but has kind of branched out to do all, you know, videos for all the various NFL teams. And hit one of his most recent ones was the Vikings making a deal with the devil for this season,
1: <laughs>
2: and I feel like that's basically where we're at with Arsenal.
1: I oh yeah, um, I, I don't know who who would like stand up and be opposed to it. Like Kirk Cousins, if he found out about this deal with the devil, would not be happy. Uh, he, he, <laughs> oh. he would he would very much be opposed to this. Um, I you know I I like I don't know who that would be at Arsenal because they all seem like terrible people. Um, I'm a Spurs fan. Why do you ask? Um, but I, well, I guess it would probably be Gabriel Jesus, given the name, he would go. probably not be a huge fan. Plus, um, I'm pretty sure
2: Brazil has a pretty heavy Christian population at this point. So he's probably not cool with it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was, I was gonna, uh, yeah, right. Um, but in terms of, in terms of, uh, sort of the, the, uh, reason that we've decided to come here and talk today, um, is that we have a lot of quasi transfer news. Um, I'm going to start with sort of the headline, which is our beautiful baby boy being rumored to Inter Milan. Um, I I guess I should be more specific. Eunice Musa being rumored to Inter Milan. And apparently that being like, not like a Weston McKinney to Tottenham rumor, which, you know, is. I thought
2: Arsenal was the Musa destination. Is that not it anymore?
1: I'm seeing, I'm seeing Inter Milan.
0: Hmm. How much, how much fire is associated with this smoke? At um, what level?
1: Zero to ten. My caring level right now. Four, because it's before the transfer window is open.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I haven't watched enough Inter Milan to even have an intelligent opinion on this. I honestly, I was kind of hoping McKennie um, could leave and I could just start ignoring Syria again.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. So if I, I, I had would...
2: one last league to care about. That would be very helpful to me and my family.
1: Yeah,
0: I think I've watched. I've obviously watched the most Juventus over the last, call in right. five years. And then second is probably A.S. Roma because they have the best Armenian player of all-time currently rostered. Uh, other than that, I guess whenever Zlatan gets on the field, otherwise I don't care Italian?
2: about Who are we talking about there? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: He's been uh, at Roma for, I think, two years now. Yeah. Maybe three. yeah.
2: He was good back
0: at Dortmund. I haven't seen him since he left, though, really. He bounced around the Premier League for a second and then ended up taking a active retirement in uh syria uh,
1: so so the the thing is with uh Inter Milan um and I'm going to uh put this uh based uh, solely on um, my FIFA knowledge because I do not watch inter Milan <laughs> um but uh they've got uh they've got uh lotaro martinez who's like an eighty four ish is, who
2: is apparently just a, an animal according to his distance numbers at the uh, world cup.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, Eden, Eden Jacob, who is still around. Holy
2: cow. He's alive.
1: <laughs> Not only is he alive, I think in their last Serie A game, he had two goals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's one of those guys I expect to hear he's playing at like Antalya Spor or some like weird club in Turkey. You're like, Oh, that's what happened.
1: It's he, so he, he's funny because like, you know how like, uh, like, um, Fot Mob and Transfer Market, they have like uh market values for players that they're sort of auto-generated.
0: Yeah, um, everybody has their own uh grading system and none of them are as good as half <laughs> baby. You got it. It's all um, the there,
1: man. But uh Eden Jacob, Wonderful. as a starter for one of the biggest clubs, like a, a Super League club who's scoring goals, his current market value is um about the market value of a four-star quarterback over four years. <laughs> It's like All four right. and a half million. So uh,
2: this is one of my favorite games. I just pulled up Galatasaray's roster just to see. In let's first, remember some guys in the first line of like the <laughs> roster. We've got Mauro Icardi Tevez Mertens, sure. and Juan Mata.
1: Oh, so, so this is just just see? a like like a fun what like what if from 2013. Yes. <laughs> oh,
2: we've got Milo Rashica We've got Lucas Herrera. Sure. Oh, this is amazing. This is why I do this every once in a while. Everybody pull up a random Turkish team sometime and just be like, Hey, <laughs> like one of uh, the top three though, usually.
1: Right. Yeah. As you get further down the list, you start yeah. getting into names that it's like, ah, I am racist. If I try lots, to pronounce this. Lots of,
2: lots of use and umlauts.
1: Yes. Uh, not fun, not fun, but, um, so based on the, the midfield, um, uh, that, that I'm seeing from Inter Milan, um, I think he could get burned. Um, like I, I don't think that he he takes over um, uh, <clears throat> Stumpy. Pronounce the name for what? The Armenian name. If you ask McTaren. me, a Hebrew, there you go. <laughs> um I, I don't know that he the, he takes him over or Barella, but um, but you know the, McTaren, the other... hey, He's like a he's like a. I guess he's like the opposite of
0: Christian in so far that he starts most games, but a lot of the time he also comes off the bench. So. It, might not be that hard to overtake him.
2: Doing some quick and, Google research, it sounds like they're bring they want to bring him in as a um like a, a backup for one of the for two of those guys basically, but, but like be a depth piece if if one of those guys goes out or if they need to rest because they're playing three games in eight days or whatever. So um, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I, ambivalent I, here. I I think the thing is is that like um they have Champions League ball, they have domestic cup ball, they have Syria like. I I I look he's not a game in game out game out starter for one of these teams and we're I'm going to I'm going to sort of give my thesis here we're far enough away from the world cup that I want our guys who need to progress to go to a higher level and I want our guys who who are at their level to drop down a level so like I'm cool with Yunus Musa going to an Inter Milan I I would prefer it not being in Italy because obvious but like I'm cool with him going to a higher level because it's like hey let's see if he can do it if right. he can't got- we've got 2 years to find our level, right? Like Yeah,
0: figure uh, it out again.
1: Like, you can go back to Real B- Betis in, you know, 2024, and we're, we're good to go.
2: And I, I do think, though, that the World Cup showed the importance of having guys who are game-in, game-out starters, West because Denver. so much well, yeah, I mean, so much of our, what was it, Dest, Musa, McKinney, um, you know, they were all gassed. So they they yeah. were not, they weren't playing 90 minutes every week, so they didn't have, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. I think having those, and a part of that's just health and that's luck. And that's the whole depth thing we've been talking about forever, but having guys that are starters and playing all the time is valuable.
1: As it turns out. Um, yeah,
2: more, more Madden from me.
1: <laughs> so I, I think that like the the thing is with, if if Eunice goes to Inter Milan, um, great, cool. That's awesome. I, I, I don't know that it's, it's changes anything about my assessment of him, other than you, to say...
2: There used to be stuff about Liverpool with him too. Is that not a thing anymore? Is,
1: is that I think just, I think yeah. Liverpool just blew their load on Cody Gakpo. Yeah. Yep. And and as as a oh. uh, as an organization run by John Henry, I don't imagine they're going to spend <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Although, it, yeah. how funny would it be? How funny would it be if those Boston Red Sox fans ever figured out that the money at Liverpool <laughs> is the same as the money that's not going to Xander Bogarts? The moment that happens will be hilarious
0: just an entire group of Southie
1: bros getting on a plane to Liverpool (laughs) to go complain because it's it's like I I don't think they real and like obviously like Liverpool is a net spend club like they don't actually spend more than they bring in all that often but if anybody ever tells like Bill Simmons that John Henry just spent 80 million dollars on an attacking midfielder who's meh um I, I I think that he might lose his mind and and that's
2: Is there there another writer that is a better example of you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain than bill simmons by the way
1: oh he is Uh, up
0: there oh rick rick riley rick riley riley rick riley (laughs) was considered one of the best sports writers of like a generation in the 90s and then he like what is it he left sports illustrated all of a sudden everybody's like wow this guy's a douchebag (laughs) who's the who's Uh, the the... Detroit
2: centric one would be Mitch album
1: yeah sure obviously (laughs) yeah who is the baseball writer who we all loved and then oh Jonah Carey yep (laughs) that was for a different reason though he gets like a very
0: legit like (laughs) Bill Simmons (laughs) just got too big for his own head and like you know kind of turned into an old rich white guy Jonah Carey committed like actual felony domestic violence like he was always a piece of shit we just didn't know that yeah Yeah, I mean
2: I remember in college like anxiously looking forward to the next Bill Simmons column and say, like, yes. like g- sitting at my desk, like giggling as I would read it. And now every time yes. I see his name, I'm like, what a douche.
1: Like Bill, Bill Simmons. I-, I can say this is that a lot of my views of proper sports writing um, and proper writing in general are heavily influenced by Bill Simmons and David Foster Wallace, um, yes. which is like a very specific intersection of like dudes who like footnotes um yeah like <laughs>
0: so you can see that in my writing between like going to law school where footnotes are heavily encouraged and then uh, reading a bunch of david foster Wald, and bill Simmons, i overused parentheses and footnotes and it is very clear like i came up in a very specific time period reading very specific people i
2: mean i, I literally well not in a while but right running diaries that are just yeah. rip-offs of what he used to do 20 years ago
1: hell yeah yeah I mean, but yeah. like if you, if you think about it a lot of sports media today is just rip-offs of what he used to do 20 years ago um dead does not exist without bill simmons sb nation doesn't exist yeah. without bill simmons did he start um, the ringer yeah
2: is that his he thing is the ringer yeah okay
1: yeah um and also you like you can say like in terms of like hero villain whatever his like arrogance and ego associated with Grantland, which was ginormous, um, also sort of served as the incubator for like really, really good writing and many really, really good writers. Yeah, but yeah. What ended up happening, and it's very, very easy to see what happened as someone who doesn't write and does do a podcast. This shit's a lot easier than writing. And he just started doing podcasts instead of yeah. writing. and then suddenly it was like, okay, Dave Portnoy is what you used to be, and you're not very good at being, like, an elder statesman, so what's your point?
2: Well, and have you guys ever, have you read um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah. Um, So, like, one of the points I like in it is, like, the richest people to ever exist, like, were all born at a certain time, you know, like, certain time periods, so they just happened to be in the right place at the right time. To take advantage of certain conditions or whatever and like I feel like that's kind of what happened with Simmons like he was yeah. the guy doing the thing at this time and like somehow he has taken that into I'm brilliant <laughs> and like yeah. I just I've earned all of this and it's like dude you were just doing it at the right time and blew up like
1: so chill. I I was having this discussion I was reading I I'm, I'm in the middle of reading Soccernomics um and I was talking with my wife like as I was reading it I was sort of like Fake complaining, but not really about how, like, I missed my moment. Like, if I had been born 30 years earlier or 50 years earlier, like, I would have been like the great manager, one of the great managers of all time. Not because I'm particularly smart, but because I, even like before I had like modern understandings of things, like, I wanted to understand why things happened in sports. And so, like, I would have been one of the people watching soccer being like, why are we scoring? And someone would have been like, well, because we kicked the ball down the field further than the other team. And I would have been like, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. Let's try again. And like, I missed that moment. But it, the, the thing is with Simmons, and the thing is to a certain extent with Dave Portnoy, um, it's not that they're smart. I mean, they're they're above whatever the binary is right. necessary to take advantage of. But like, there are a thousand and one dudes and there are a thousand and one dudes who absolutely could have written a misogynistic piece about, Um, going to strip clubs in Vegas and watching basketball and gambling on it. Like, that's not like a unique perspective. It was just, what was unique about it was, A, he did it, good on you. But B, and more importantly, is that he happened to do it at the beginning of the internet, beginning of the modern
0: internet. And he also convinced what is, was essentially a corporate entity in ESPN to, you know, kind of bankroll him on that because that was, that's the bigger part. There was plenty of people writing that in the 90s. Probably, but this is the only one that got a big enough following that it convinced ESPN that it was worth the reputational risk to take on, which he, it wasn't even considered reputational risk in the late 90s, early
1: 2000s. That's the point is that like, remember, if if Bill Simmons comes by, comes around and gets big 10 years later, he's Dave Portnoy because Dave right. Portnoy did it. And then when Dave Portnoy tried to, tried to get implied legitimacy by going through ESPN, there was a massive backlash. Yeah. And by the time the backlash sort of came for Simmons, right? Like he was too big to be canceled. Right? Like it was like he yeah, y- yeah, you can cancel him. He's he's on the NBA on ESPN desk. Like you can't do that for like well, sort of like quasi not quasi misogyny, actual misogyny without actual action. Yeah, and
0: I mean you could talk about the incubator aspect of it as well is that he's at least been management and like uh, mentoring to so many writers coming up in the next generation then it kind of also helps boost him up a little bit higher because it hit the, the implied legitimacy of you know Robert Mays and Bill Barnwell and Holly Anderson and all of these other people that he gave a start to or at least helped boost
1: their profile um, helps keep him afloat as well and also like there's a huge as like like just sort of on that point like there's a huge aspect of it that is even if Bill Simmons sucks, which again, probably um, like so much of what we consume now, like my favorite, my favorite, not only writers, but like people we've had on this podcast, you can, you can say one-to-one would not be, have their platforms without Bill Simmons. Right. Like, like you can, like, it's, it's very easy to say, you know, Michael Felder is an incredibly talented writer and ta- talented commentator. And you can say, okay, does Michael Felder have the platform he has without sort of the tangential association with um, every day should be Saturday and therefore shut down full cast and therefore Holly Anderson <laughs> and we're back to Bill Simmons? Like, it's not that hard to do it, right? Like, does does Bill Connolly have a place at ESPN if Bill Barnwell isn't there first? Like, it's it's very easy to do these things. Well, and, and it's, it's strange it.
2: now, too, because I feel like it's kind of going back the other direction. People are now – like when bill simmons was coming up he needed espn to mm-hmm. really take the next step now authors and writers are breaking away and forming their own thing um and frankly those are the people like i don't trust anything that comes out of cnn or fox or whatever because like they're presenting it from their corporate company line whereas if i have an individual person that i you know follow they're more likely to I'm more likely to trust them if that makes sense.
1: Well, the, the, I mean just to bring this back to soccer, would you rather trust Alexi Lalas or Scuffed? Right. And like as much as Scuffed like jokes about like them being like corporate MLS media, which they're not. Um but like as much as they joke about that, the fact of the matter is is that like you can you can listen all you want to Stu Holden. Like sure, great. Max Brestos, great. Um or, I don't I mean- trust Look what at, a, you
2: know, Fab, Rizzo Romano. Like, he's yeah. his own thing. Like, he right. you know, and,
1: and like depend on anybody. Like, CBS pays him because right. they need his legitimacy twice a year. Correct. He brings
2: <laughs> but, their legitimacy right. to them, not the other way around.
1: And the same thing happened right. with Woj in basketball, right? Yeah. Like, Woj, yeah. like, brought legitimacy to ESPN, not the other way around. Right. And you can see to it. Yahoo,
0: to Yahoo, Yahoo first. and then they <laughs>
1: poached him. <laughs> right. But if you look at, like, the other way around, right, which is, like, the the, the NFL version of Woj, is Adam Schefter, who is just a PR filter. Yeah. Like, and so, like, I, I, I found out today that I, I, did, I, I didn't even follow Adam Schefter on the main account, which I was like, that's wild. Why don't I follow Adam Schefter? And it's like, he's not an essential aspect of this whole thing. Um, well, and it's no. got,
2: actually gotten to the point where I don't trust Schefter anymore. Because, I don't trust Schefter at all. Like, he's just a mouthpiece for either ESPN or whatever, an agent or team wants to get out there. Usually like, agents. Yes, it, now you just have to, now you have to find like, like there's certain people I don't like, I don't follow certain, honestly, I follow very few um, like mainstream media soccer accounts because I figure if there's something that's actually important, somebody else is going to retweet it or say something relevant about it. So I don't have to follow, you know,
1: Alexi Lawless or,
2: you know, whoever. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that that's like a like a very legitimate way of, go- of going about this. Um, but I-, I think like in terms of like sports media and the way that we talk about what we talk about, it's it's interesting the way that we've all decided to go about it. Because they're- they're, like the the Eurosnob versus MLS stand thing, it's actually a much more like distilled version of trust in media. And like, I, I-, I hate to get like actual criticism here. But like, that's what this is about. Like the whole like Eurosnob versus MLS stand thing is, is a criticism of legacy media because people who otherwise would have gotten their information from Taylor Twellman on ESPN or Alexi Lalas on Fox or whoever is, is the quote reporter, unquote, Stu Holden, um, they don't trust it because so many times you've seen um, legacy media lie to you. Right. Like there's there's like a very long and and I don't need to get into this. There are very smart writers who talk about bias in media and you can go read them and it's not just a sports thing, it's a everything thing. Yeah. Um, but you get what what that argument really is, is it's not really about whether MLS players are better than Juventus or Inter Milan players. They're not. Nobody thinks that they are. It's about how we talk about those players and whether you get into a question of like, are you supporting a Sebastian Legette in our starting 11 because you think he's the best? Or do you think that, or are you paid to believe that? Right. It's like, there's that quote that it's impossible to convince somebody of something that they are paid not to believe in. Right. Like, like you, you can't, you can't convince someone to believe something that they're paid not to believe.
2: Well, and I think part of it too, is like, you try to be aware of your own biases, but like, if your job is watching MLS like, you know what? I'm paid by MLS. I watch every single MLS game. You're going to naturally think MLS players are better because you spend so much time watching them. And if you don't watch a ton of whatever, uh, the Dutch league or certain uh, league, yeah, whatever, like you're just going to naturally be like, I've seen this guy play a thousand minutes and I know he's good in this league. Like, that's just going to be a natural way to feel a way to think about it.
1: So and fun. I I think the best way to, to think about it, like listeners, like the, way, the best way to think about this is that you have teams that you watch, right? I watch a lot of Big Ten football, like it's the it's the football I watch a lot. Of. I don't actually watch that much SEC. I watch no. sort of none ACC. Um, and so when you ask me like who's a better linebacker historically, Josie Jewell, who's a random Iowa linebacker who just came to mind, or I don't know, pick a team. You know, pick pick a team in the Big 12.
0: Oklahoma State. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say.
1: Okay, Oklahoma State. Pick an Oklahoma State linebacker who was a second-team All-American over the last 20 years. I'm going to say Josie Jewell is better because I've watched a lot more of him. <laughs> Malcolm well, Rodriguez. Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> well, it's like when you're watching.
2: That's that's why Lions fans constantly want the team to draft Michigan, and Michigan State players because they we've shouldn't. spent four years watching them and we think they're good. Even yeah. like there could be a random guy who plays for San Diego State. It's a better player, but we haven't watched them.
1: Maybe not San Diego State right now. <laughs>
0: well. <whatever. laughs>
1: Sorry. Um. But like. But 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 that goes back to the whole question of like, what is what what do we want out of our our media like. Do you really want, and, and, and Bill Simmons, again, like changed the mold from like objectivity to unabashed unobjectivity, which I think like that was sort of like what was interesting about the SB Nation moment. And I think the moment's dead, like SB Nation blogs don't really do anything anymore um, because Vox killed them (laughs) Um, and like siphoned off all the worst talent or like all the best talent. They just like sort of kicked out, which is a decision that Vox made, but um, way to go, Ezra Klein. Tell me about today. Um, like, (laughs) which might
0: also explain the multiple uh, filings of bankruptcy and then restructuring. And then we're back to the start
1: and we're back. Uh, But like, that's like sort of the whole point is that like one of the reasons, and I have a lot of issues with them blog, a lot of issues with them blog, but they did something that was really interesting, which is we are homers. We are homers and we are not going to pretend to be objective when we talk about things, but we're going to give you a lot of information with which we have used to support our preconceived notions.
0: Right. And honestly,
1: and- like
2: Bill Simmons and MGO Blog, I mean, like writing wise, are probably the two biggest influences on what I do because yeah. I find fans trying to do intelligent analysis is probably about the best coverage you're going to get um, because, and- like, the national people don't care about your team the way you do so and they don't have time time into it yeah
1: like 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 it's it happens every game and i remember when i first started watching um college basketball with my wife or college football with my wife even i would be able to tell my wife um but oh wait were you doing a borat or were you doing a fugitive
0: i was doing a fugitive
1: oh nice um (laughs) um but like I would be able to say things like, oh, this is going to be a, a run up the middle. Or I would be able to say things like, oh, this, they, they got that wrong. That's actually not the player who did that play. And my wife would be like, How'd you know that? And it's like, I watch a lot more of Michigan State than they do. Um yeah. and like I, I understand that it's their job to know things, but best case scenario, best case scenario, Kirk Herbstreet spends four days paying attention to certain teams outside of the the the, the top. Call it six, right? Like the big six of college football, which is, I don't know, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, USC. Yeah, suck at Texas and Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> like outside of those six to ten to twelve schools, like the national guys don't know and they don't care. Right, like they just don't.
0: And, I know you said Kirk Herbstreit, but like this is best exemplified by uh, Desmond Howard, who very clearly pays attention to one team and one team only all season.
1: Right. And that's fine. That's fine. But like, you know, for us like it's like we're unabashed fans of the US men's national team and Michigan and or Michigan State. Um and I guess the Lions sort of. <laughs> um but again, like my art No, 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 no. no. I relationship... am a fan of the Lions which means I hate the fucking Lions. <laughs> right. Like like our our relationship to the Lions is always going to be Have you
2: seen that one quote? It's like I'm I no, I'm not I don't I forget what it is it was like the eagles or something be like no i hate them more than anything i just really want them to win
0: yeah (laughs) yes yeah that That was was my grandpa my grandpa would always like people say like oh you like the lions and he'd say no i'm a fan of the lions so i fucking hate the lions (laughs) um
1: and so like that that understanding like that unabashed bias like great cool like i can tell you that i don't rate certain arsenal players because i don't like them I don't like the, the laundry with which they have decided to clothe themselves. So how do you um, think
2: Musa might fit in with the Arsenal team to I mean, back on on
1: back uh, on task? I don't know. That was a nice 20-minute diatribe about media criticism, which is actually right. sort of interesting. But you know where we have no criticism? Is the media of... Paramount Plus. Hey, everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. UF <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs>
0: do it again. No, just keep going, just keep going. UEFA Champions League
1: Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart stopping hold your breath. Exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds
0: as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, fire,
1: in soccer's (laughs) biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage Voice. time, and extra time. And stream every
0: match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount
1: Plus. Uh, we'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on, on Paramount Plus, but <laughs> they're not gonna advertise for that. Well, Should we re-record that ad read?
0: <laughs> no, because I've. Well, I don't know. Do you want to keep in the uh,
1: authenticity of me mispronouncing UEFA? I mean, I, I think like like just doing a sec- second version for the second half of the Champions League season, uh, which can be seen on Paramount Plus, um, would be funny. But so, in in terms of Musa, I think that he he would fit in. I think that he's the type of player who can fit in wherever he is because what he does is sort of system proof, right? Like, it's like, hey, be good at beating people off the dribble and working hard and bullying people. Like, everybody needs that.
2: I mean, everybody wants to be press resistant these days.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I I think, like, that's the big news there. Um, Christian Polisic started in his first game back and should have had a lot more than he ended up with.
2: Goal and a penalty drawn, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure Chelsea fans were like, get him out. We need to start some dude who I've never heard of because he's from Cobham. Um, yeah, I figured that out. Like it took me a really long time to figure out why they are the way they are. And it's it's just they're 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 obsessed with their homegrowns. Yeah. Um and it, it's like Yeah. No, no, but I, I used English. to think it was I used, I used to think it was like a racist xenophobia. Um, but it's not because they, they really overrate Callum Hudson and too. Um, so it's, (laughs) is he
2: even playing for, what is it? Gladbach Leverkusen Leverkusen.
1: Yeah. I I think he's like a sub. I think that it turns out that that's his level. Um,
2: gotta be like, we could have had 60 million euros from Bayern two years ago. uh What were we
1: thinking? uh Oh, Whoops. Whoops. Um, although to be fair, look at the bright side, at
0: least they're not, at least they're not in financial straight dire straight. So like, that's fine.
1: Yeah. And I was going (laughs) to say two years ago, they didn't need the money because, um, you
2: know, Polisic was rumored to be going to Newcastle, but has that quieted down now?
1: I think that that's quieted down now that Newcastle don't need him.
2: Almiron (laughs) is on fire. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like it's, it's like he's picked a really bad time to uh, be uh, that guy. Although is Almiron plays mostly on the right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So he'd have to replace Joel Linton.
1: Which I think he's, that's, that's fine. He absolutely can do that. Um, Newcastle very, very sneakily is like sort of uh, like collecting all of my favorite players. Um Isaac is I, I like was like my like please go get him, please go get him, please go get him of last summer for Tottenham. And then they didn't. They got Richarlison, which is right. fine. Things are fine. Um, but I think Polisic in terms of a move for him, I'm I'm going to, uh, to upset all of those 14 year olds on Twitter who say that you have to go to the highest level and try to fight it out because there's some honor in losing or something. Um, he Christian needs to go somewhere where he's going to be the guy. Um, and the, the best analogy I can give you is, um, there were guys who used to be like eighth dudes on the Lakers who would go to the former version of like Toronto and score 25 points a game and never make the playoffs. And Christian needs to go to the Toronto Raptors and score 25 points a game and never make playoffs.
2: Although, I mean, you, it's one game. That's the Toronto so, Whitecaps. Right, we don't Vancouver need to over But if he's getting minutes good. for Chelsea, like, that's fine. Like, if he's a starter, most games for Chelsea, that's, I mean, like, looking at who they started yesterday, they put they put Sterling on the right, they put Pulisic on the left, and they put Havertz in the middle. Uh, like, and their bench players are nobody, in my opinion, that should keep him out of the lineup. Like, you re- really want you know Connor Gallagher in there instead of him? Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, is is Broja um done?
2: He's not. He wasn't on the bench yesterday, is he? Like, although they did, si- did they sign Nkuku? or was that just is that still like in the room? No, rumors? that's
1: coming. That's coming. Okay.
2: Yeah. So maybe he needs to go at that point because Nkuku is better than him. <laughs> but so.
1: unfortunately, yes, he yeah. is. Um, but and, and also like. When Conte comes back, Mount goes back to the wing. Um, you know, do you start Aubameyang yeah. and put Havertz on the wing? Like, there's a lot of sort of, because he's not going to overtake Sterling, and clearly for some reason he's not going to overtake Mount. Well, um, no, I
2: mean, those are different players. Like, they honestly, I don't see how they're in competition with each other. But
1: so, so the thing is, like, from my point of view, is that it's like Aubameyang um, starts, and then they put Havertz on the wing because Havertz, like, yeah. Havertz is not a striker. Like he's just not, um, we we have two years of evidence of him having what, one nice striker moment in two years and it won them a champions league. He's just
2: a really, really good soccer player that could kind of do what, like do an adequate job wherever you put him. But I still, I, I've been watching him since he was at Leverkusen and I still don't know what his best position is.
1: I think that he's um he would, I think he would be best in that as as like a dual ten in the old uh Berhalter system.
2: Yeah, like maybe when Thomas Mueller retires, he can go do Mueller things for Bayern. I
1: think I think that that would be like a great role for him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's 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 a question. I don't I don't really know. Um But for for Christian, like when I say like go to a lower level, I'm not talking about the Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm talking about like you know,
2: like go I, replace um uh, what's his name at Crystal Palace, the guy who scores all their
0: goals. Zaha. Uh, yeah.
1: well like it, it doesn't even need to be crystal palace it, it can be like ac milan right or like, yeah. like dortmund right like these sort of like champions league squads that are just never going to win anything yeah um, well
2: somebody just said who was it, it was, i think it was that mls transfers guy like these he makes such a high salary i think they said he makes 10.5 million dollars a year yeah at um premier league and he just won't get that in any other league
1: he won't get half of that in any other
2: league. I, I mean, I don't know what the pay scales are, but yeah, he's, so, I mean, so he's what, topped out.
1: <laughs> yeah. One of the responses to that was like, Villarreal's highest paid player is like a third of what Christian makes. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That yeah. doesn't shock me.
1: Um, and Villarreal is like, what sort of, like, well, yeah, a step below what I'm talking about, but it's like um, a
0: third tier La Liga team. Yeah, I still,
2: I would still Bottom love. Him. I this, I don't know how many times. I would still love to see him at Bayern because I bet they could pay 70 80 percent of that. Yeah, and then we would get to see him just murdering teams. In the, in the, well, in that, the, by the
0: payroll, team. it's going to be it's going to be Premier League teams, then like all of the big clubs for the.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Like they can get You, 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 you should put them.
1: you should put Madrid and Barcelona above Premier League teams. Also
2: that. Well, since they're (laughs) basically sponsored by the you know the Spanish
0: government. And and honestly, PSG if they want PSG if they want it.
1: Yeah. So like like PSG can pay whatever they want. Barcelona and Madrid can pay whatever they want because money's not real. And then from there you get like all of Premier League, the the sort of the iron Juventus-ish. Although Juventus is broke. Um Weston, like we'll we'll talk about Weston in a second, but like Weston's gone. Because they yeah. do not they, – they, they went full, our board resigned. We are going through Chapter 11 very soon.
2: Are they going to get, like, relegated again?
1: It's possible. They, yeah. they don't have any money.
2: I really don't know the whole story there. Is there, like, a 30-second version? I've seen, like, cl- like headlines here and there.
1: My understanding uh, – the
0: government, the government does not think that taxes are necessary because they enjoy having a very large soccer club. But the rest of the world then decided the taxes were necessary – so now we have to kind of pay the piper. My understanding so wait, is wait, the that
2: Italian government was letting them not pay
1: taxes? I think that it was like not letting.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, not like it's, it's laying, sorry, Sorry.
1: Like for non personal reasons, what you can do is you can do things like, at least in America, and I'm, this isn't tax advice, but you can like, if you're in corporate situations, you can like, I'm going to defer tax payments to 2026. Um, because actually we lost money this year and we're going to carry over that loss for two years. Like there are a lot of very weird things you can do if you have a billion dollars to make sure that you keep a billion is what dollars. billionaires
2: always have zero taxes.
1: Yeah, basically. Right. Um, So like the whole thing about like, like I'm gonna use like a very loud example right now. Um, Donald Trump didn't pay taxes for a very long time, not because he was evading taxes, but because he lost so much money. So many times that you can carry over losses. So, like, mm-hmm. if you have negative income in a year, um, not only do you not pay taxes, the next year your income is subtracted, reduced by that by yeah. that much. So, oh. like, so, like, uh, just just use like like the, the the loudest example. Like, that's what Donald Trump did. It's not actually tax evasion. It's just um, lose huge once declare bankruptcy and have a
0: competent accountant accountant
1: right lose huge like once and you'll never pay taxes again oh. um it's it's actually um just to, to bring us back to soccer or football um john l smith didn't actually lose 82 million dollars in real estate he just said that he did um so that he never has to say pay taxes again although he might have he was an idiot but like <laughs> When I, when you see massive, massive losses by a formerly famous person, usually it's not like that. Like Uh, it's, they they don't have $82 million to lose. And it's just like increasing the debt discharged in bankruptcy, so on and so forth.
2: What, I don't know. This, this is a completely personal non-related story, but the only time I've ever owed taxes in my entire life was the first year I was married. I was a substitute teacher. My wife was a first year teacher and somehow we owed like $500 and at the time it was like how are we ever going to pay this like yeah. we make yeah. no money how can you want more money like i mean it's kind of funny looking back on it but at the time it was like the world was crashing
0: down yeah the- i can only imagine as like as like early 20 somethings with teaching jobs it's like oh my god this is an insurmountable right. do you know how much money? I was money a
2: substitute teacher do you know how much money a substitute teacher makes
1: probably not much more than $500 seven <laughs> 15 an hour I think
2: I made a. I think I made like eleven thousand dollars that year
1: Jesus. Jesus. there Jesus. it was um, great we treat our teachers well in America um
2: yeah, substitute yeah teachers so, are a warm body that is all
1: you're there <laughs>
0: yes, totally. shout out I guess uh yeah so but like that's basically what it is is that the is that Juventus was um doing creative accounting so I don't know the Italian tax code that well obviously uh <laughs> So, but like what they were doing was either border, was either legal at one point, and then the tax code changed or it was like borderline the entire time and the and the government just kind of like tur- turned a blind eye blind eye to it because it like behooved the government to have a very powerful soccer club uh, located in their country and then when it no longer benefited yeah when it no longer benefited uh the Italian government to have to allow this sort of um uh, creative accounting to continue that's when they decided like no 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 we need we're going to it's all due if, like now
1: if you're wondering um this may or may not have something directly to do with oh i don't know cristiano ronaldo um <laughs> it's him it usually does it's it's him this the actual like the the the, the tax evasion here was cristiano ronaldo's transfer fee didn't exist
2: so uh, where is mckinney literally. going as a result of all this creative tax keeping
1: on, you want you want, to, you want to do something real weird? You want, you, you want to start a rumor that nobody's ever started before? Because he's going <laughs> to Tottenham.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that's... watching Tottenham like you guys do. Uh,
0: I, th- <laughs> I thought Tottenham. that was going to be, I thought the rumor was going to be Cristiano Ronaldo commits tax fraud. And I was like, no, no, no. Like that's, <laughs> that's happened in all, all the stops. Like that's, that's why he's now going to Saudi Arabia because there's no tax laws there.
1: Oh, there are very real tax laws. <laughs> Uh, the tax laws there's uh, um I mean I can give you a book that elucidates them very, very simply. Ah. It's called the Quran.
0: Is it the Quran? Yeah.
1: The Quran. Yeah. Which actually I makes, know where you're going with that halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's it's like um if you if you set up a financial system based on um like the Islamic or Judaic, like it's actually very similar. Um, like there are very clear tax laws. Um and, and so like it's not like this archaic IRS book that has like 4,000 different codes it's like how much is taxes oh one out of 50 one out of 50 what's agricultural units fucking take it to jerusalem whatever you've got <laughs> widgets widgets <laughs> um like you know you just you take it to jerusalem and you exchange it for something there and you eat it in the city or it doesn't have to be like the very simple rules i assume the quran is similar um is my understanding um where you start getting into weirdness is like there's no interest so how do you charge interest on back taxes? It's a very funny question. Um, but uh, in any event, um, the situation with Juventus, it means that Weston's leaving. Um, I don't know that he's going to the Premier League. I sort of doubt it because I think that if somebody in the Premier League wanted him, he'd be there. Um, well, I don't, like, think, I don't think
0: he is. I think, yeah, I think if, if he was going, he would have already made that move. I don't know if he's gonna that he's going to make it at this point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If he is, he's going to a bottom. of the, I mean, it'd be like a bottom of the table. Yeah. Club.
1: I want him to go to Spain because I think that watching him develop into like a actual, like ball at the foot mid- midfielder would be fascinating. Because Juventus learned very early on that he is um, set piece goat, and like he has his skills, and they just didn't have him like try to do anything else. Well that when he first went there too, they gave him a shot
2: a little bit as like a defensive mid and he's just not ball secure enough to be a guy you can trust at the base of your midfield. So, I mean, he's kind of like the perfect, perfect as a strong word. He's uh, a prototypical eight. Like he can go back and forth, but I don't know. Like how many teams are there that they want? How many teams are there that they want somebody to do that exact thing? And they don't already have somebody better than him doing it.
1: It's a question. Right. Um, and, and,
0: or somebody younger, more promising that they want to develop or something like, along those lines. Right. Like if you, you want to I mean, need to cost $150 too.
2: million dollars for Jude Bellingham.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and although I, it, it is an interesting question of like, where, what do we want out of Weston McKinney and where do we see him progressing? Because, um, like, from a, from a USMT perspective, like it's sort of like, Do we want him to go to a place where he's playing a ton and has the ball at his feet? And that's sort of what I want. It's like the
2: opposite. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Marka has uh, wrote an article yesterday and the three teams they've got in it are Chelsea. No Dortmund. I I would be down with that or Tottenham, which I don't know. How how would he fit in with with Tottenham's midfield?
1: I mean, he's it's, it's a question. Would he be a starter? No, probably not. Um, uh, when, when they, yeah, when they no. go to their, when they go to their three, five, two, maybe he would, um, because I think he's better than, um, Oliver skip and, or, um, but, but like the thing is, is that he won't slot in above Pierre Hoybier because, um, nope. he does something different and he won't slot in above Benziker because, um, Conce loves Benziker. So.
2: I mean Dortmund wouldn't be a horrible fit because they're if about Jude to lose. Leaves, they're about yeah. to lose Bellingham. I don't think at the, in January, but at the end of the year. So maybe he's. You know Germans love to plan, so maybe he they, is like the.
1: They do the love backup. planning.
2: No, did you know it's illegal in Germany to to give less than a one month like notice so that you're leaving your job?
0: That's wild. No,
2: because you have to give the company a plan. A plan for you to leave. I thought you were going to say it's illegal to not have a budget. <laughs> That's probably I mean, true as well.
1: Uh, in- interesting note, uh, Stumpy. Uh, as a corporate attorney, you should know um, it's illegal in America not to have a budget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not for a company. As a person.
1: Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 I-, I was. I was going to say, like, do we need to have a discussion about your clients and their P and L sheets?
0: No, I know what that is. <laughs> I don't think that when I submit my IRS taxes, I also have to submit the mint printout of what I use to budget.
2: Yeah, I'm looking, uh, at, I'm looking at Dortmund's team. I don't hate that fit. Like Bellingham is leaving and Emre Chan is old. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he could he could do a thing there maybe.
1: Although, do we want Gio around other Americans when he doesn't have to be? Because I sort of don't. <laughs> Although, can you imagine the, like, the the corruption of wes mckinney like slowly turns to the dark side as uh emperor palpatine i mean giorena like slowly brings him to the dark side i would love i mean
2: that. can you be cool. like an evil fun loving guy I, I mean i'm down to find out what that looks like
0: i he's like that's just chaotic evil yeah
1: that's just the joker
2: <laughs> Oh, okay yeah which is
1: kind of what he is already he kind of like if, if you were going to assign um the like the 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 nine by nines which we're going to do now on the fly of the usmnt like who else would you have as chaotic evil
0: I, the only other option would be geo and i think that he's no, just geos geos absolutely awful evil, evil.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i yeah. mean jedi, jedi is chaotic but i would just call him chaotic, chaotic
1: good. good yeah he's chaotic like good. As
2: cocker spaniel or golden retriever or something right. he's really happy
1: um <laughs> I think I think true uh, chaotic neutral is Dest. Um, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he I doesn't think, do anything. There's no purpose to anything he does.
0: He just does <laughs> things and then reacts to how reacts to how everybody reacts to him. Like, oh, right.
1: that was bad. I want to do that again. I think Tyler's probably true evil.
2: He's got like an actual Captain America vibe about him, though. I don't know about that.
1: I think I think that he has a very no, negative he, vibe to he, him. He, yeah, he barks a lot.
0: He barks yeah, way too much true. to have like the. I mean, at at best, he gets a neutral designator, but there's no way you can put him in good. He he barks too much.
1: I I think, I think true evil. I think um uh, what is it? Uh, true neutral um is uh is Matt Turner. Like I, I get nothing from him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So th- then Even we're in <laughs> law- lawful neutral. Would probably be um brendan aronson feels feels like he, he could fit fit that role i don't know
0: retriever vibe about him so you think he's, he's yeah too he's much good. pressing too much pressing i think no i think he he's more of the chaotic side
1: okay so then so then we need to come up with a uh, a lawful good or a true good and a lawful good lawful good is almost certainly josh Sargent. um i think i think yeah. that one's a, a a pretty easy one um i think sort of and neutral
2: is Tim where can you be a ginger without being evil though
1: it's a point it's a point that I had not considered um it doesn't mean you're evil it just means you don't have a soul yeah oh, you don't gosh. have to have a soul to be good you just I've, have seen, to
2: have a soul. I've seen horror movies with people without a soul they don't usually do well
1: that's true they're not um, working
2: at soup kitchens
1: <laughs> yeah I mean typically, so, okay Technically, yeah <laughs> typically um but Although I, I would say that the 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 best that Bart in The Simpsons has ever behaved was during the time period in which he did not have a soul.
0: sold to milk. Uh, or when he was, or when him, uh, yeah, or when him and uh, Sideshow Bob were trying to get along. That's a good episode. <laughs> That's a great episode. Um,
2: I need to uh, finish The Simpsons at some point. I've watched like four seasons. Wait. When you say finish, yeah, you mean like yeah.
0: stop at like season eight, right? Well, no
2: I had like a honestly. So of, of my some of my upbringing, I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons as a kid. Oh. So um uh. during college, like the the like you know file servers of random things were available. So I plowed through a For few sure. seasons with friends in college, but like it's, that's basically my entire experience with it.
1: So season, I would I would say season six to maybe sixteen is just
0: like the sweet bangers.
1: spot just yeah. just like one after another the there's all week especially given your age you'll understand a lot of the references like i i, I hesitate to tell kids to watch that era because like for example sideshow the best episode of the simpsons as far as i'm concerned is one long fraser reference um, <laughs> yes i'm not yes. Kidding.
2: grandparents watched that show
1: yeah no, no, no. i know i'm but not they're, kidding <laughs> the entire, sideshow
0: bob and sideshow mel are Kelsey Grammer and uh, David Hyde Pierce? Oh,
2: they it, do the voice. It literally, don't they? I forgot. Yes,
1: and the, the name of the episode. episode <laughs> go ahead. No, no. The name of the episode is "Brother from Another Series," and the entire episode is a like it is an episode long Frasier reference. Oh,
2: that's funny.
0: <laughs> it's and no. it is like very clearly that they are trying to. They're like they are very clearly telling you this is Frasier but animated. Without actually like breaking the fourth wall, you're like, and even as like I think that came out when we were like eight or nine, so I hadn't seen Frasier, but my parents loved Frasier, so like I knew what the reference was even
1: at that time, and I thought it was
0: hilarious. As an adult, it's phenomenal. It's it's amazing, it's
1: amazing. Um, there are also and like like there are just like really really good episodes. There's um there's an episode that's called like twenty through twenty three short stories of Springfield, and one of them is Pulp Fiction. Huh. <laughs> Or uh, Hank Scorpio. I forget
0: what the episode episode. called. Hank Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, basically Austin Powers before Austin Powers like came out. It's just one long mocking of Bond thrillers.
1: Um, And they 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 did this like consistently from like season. I I think it's six, but it might have been like four. So it was like, like, was,
2: was like when uh, Conan O'Brien was a writer and Hank Azaria yeah. was involved. Yeah, in So, that. so that's,
1: that's, that's the best era. Um, exactly. And then it, it sort of slows down around, I, I want to say like 16, 15 or 16. They're
2: still making it, right?
1: Yep. Longest yeah. running show on television. Yes. I think it beat huh. out mastery So
0: you can stop You can stop in like the mid-2000s season, though. That's when it's kind of like, all right, we're... My- like they, and they start making like oblique references to... We've run out of material. We are just doing whatever we want now.
1: There's an episode in which it's like a behind the Simpsons or something. And it's like, and it shows like Matt Groening, what do you think about this? And it's just him counting money saying, go away.
0: <laughs> um, There's a line in the 200th episode that's like, how are we still doing this? Or something like that. It's like, I have no idea. And that uh, was like 300 episodes ago.
1: And I would say that the best latter day episode of the Simpsons is actually a South Park episode um, called Simpsons did it um, in which uh, butters keeps uh, trying to like pull pranks or something. And uh, people keep referencing the fact that Simpsons already did it. Like, and so like it's South Park saying like, Oh, we've come to the end of our run (laughs) because Uh. everything we're doing Simpsons has already done, which in turn was its own. And also like Simpsons has a funny thing that happens and you'll notice it pretty starkly, because if you watch it like in a row at a certain point, like the the whole point of the Simpsons is that it's an average American family. And in the beginning of the Simpsons, it was one earner in a two bedroom, in a three bedroom house. Um, and they went, went to church every Sunday and they lived in a small community and their like pastor was a huge part of their lives. Right. And they like struggled with money and blah, blah, blah. And at a certain point that became such a ridiculous premise that you would have a one earner family living in a massive house that they have an episode devoted to how ridiculous it is, or not an episode, but the end of an episode, um, which is uh, Homer's nemesis, uh, Frank Grimes. He, he like, he talks about how ridiculous the whole thing is, but you can yes. see like how, what their view, what the writer's view of American sort of normal society is. And it shifts over time. It's very interesting. Like, again, like as like a, a piece of like, like a mirror of American society, um, also, uh,
0: you, met, you mentioned Conan O'Brien being in the writer's room. Conan O'Brien told this story on his podcast a couple of years ago, and it's one of my favorite stories, that the uh, writer's room, Fox got, Fox got them in trouble, the writer's room in trouble, because that their snack budget was out of control in the mid-90s. So their solution was, uh, so their solution was, to like they scaled back the snack budget and they started seeing how much they could get away with ordering for lunch so they just progressively started ordering more and more and more for lunch seeing where trying to see where the line was and they got to the point where they were ordering ordering like surf and turf lunches before somebody finally like emailed them and was like uh isn't this a little much for the writer's room and O'Brien O'Brien stood up and was like that's the line that's where we can we can <laughs> we can't, we can't go right to there.
1: Um, but I I don't remember how we got on The Simpsons, but um, but yeah, you should watch it. Um, it's it's great. Um, and 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 like those early seasons are are just like very well written. Um, like that
2: talk, Susan into it. Although <laughs> to go nineties, we actually just watched the first three episodes of News Radio last night,
1: hmm.
2: which I have not seen, but I had always heard good oh, things about.
1: That's a uh... Uh, the last, i tried to watch buffy with my wife my yeah. wife um I've, it's, I've said it too many times um and uh my wife. yeah somebody somebody texted me a funny thing about my wife to be the episode title um the we tried to watch buffy um which is a really good show it does not hold up you can't no, it's watch
0: dated it as hell
1: it's dated yeah. as hell um
2: it was really and, cool. and, the first couple episodes weren't terrible because i really like phil hartman yeah um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But seeing Joe Rogan in it is like what?
1: Yeah, Ooh. he's in. News oh, radio. he's like
2: a he's like a random mechanic. Oh, news he's radio, like a side yeah. a, a side character on news radio. It's like off putting.
1: Yeah. So, um, I ch- what did I do that with recently? What was the Bill Lawrence show before Scrubs? Spin City. Uh, Spin City. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: That's Michael J. Fox, up. right?
1: Yep, Michael J. Fox. It's not great. Sports Night <laughs> is the uh is the Aaron Sorkin one, right?
2: Right. I haven't seen that one. Is that good?
1: It's Aaron Sorkin. You've seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, I mean, Scrubs. Scrubs doesn't hold up that
0: well either. Uh, it's definitely a, you know, an object of its time period.
1: Uh, I, I watched it like five years ago, and I didn't think it was too bad. The the the, 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 only, the probably the biggest issue with that show is that um, there's a ton of casual homophobia. Yeah. Like in a way that like you wouldn't get away with today. Um, but like uh, the, the smart thing about that show is that a lot of the, like the, the off color jokes, um, are put in the mouth of the old guy. So it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Kelso. what they yeah. Give, yeah, they just give all of the, like, sort of like the off color jokes to Kelso. Um, like, yeah.
2: The Chevy Chase move.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, there's like, there's an entire running subplot that he just likes Asian prostitutes. Yeah. Like, uh, that is a that is a plot line through multiple seasons bob
2: Kraft is listening right now
1: sure is uh bob craft bob kelso that, oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but like uh yeah so so i i would say i would say scrubs holds up relatively well
0: um it, it's the cat there's casual homophobia and slight casual racism but that's but like it's kind of both of them are kind of the point because they're trying to they're trying to analyze it from a funny angle because they're trying to like present both like homosexuality and you know interracial friendships as like a positive thing and they just do it kind of heavy handed because it's you it, know like again it's like a it's a product of its era
2: <laughs> yeah um, honestly weirdly I am actually reading I I enjoy reading older stuff sometimes. Uh, like a collected works of Mark Twain, sure, and it's super good. But like, you get through about you know a chapter, and you're like, "Oh boy, <laughs>
0: oh boy, that's a, that's <laughs> a lot of n words."
2: Well, <laughs> oh, it hasn't even been that yet. Like, <laughs> like when was the last oh. time you heard? Like, uh, I'm not even going to say it on the podcast. Yeah. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't,
1: it's cool. <laughs> um, but like, so, so I actually that that came up the yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the the thing that came up recently for me was like, I, so I um. I've, I've for a really long time wanted to read H.P. Lovecraft. Um, I've never actually read anything by him. And what's always held me back was that he was um, really one of the worst people uh, I can think of from a like white people hate Jewish people in the 1930s era, um, ah. you know, like, so like, and like, he has a quote, a set, he married a Jewish woman, which makes the antisemitism super weird. And <laughs> essentially his argument was like, well, she assimilated. She's basically white now, so it's fine. And I gotta tell you, it's hard to read Cthulhu when you're like, yeah. this is who's writing this. Well, and the hard thing is
2: though, like you gotta recognize that in a hundred years, they're gonna think I'm a terrible person for Same. some random reason. So like I just have to like, you know what, Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, you know, Mississippi it's, writings, it's good writing, and I just have to realize this is from a So, bygone world.
1: The best, the best um, argument I've heard about this is, and and I view this to be like so poignant. Is um, for some reason our society does a really good job of accepting that other cultures have different um, understandings of the world, value systems, value systems. But we don't understand that our culture changed in the last 100 years. Like we have a ton of uh, grace for spatial um, value systems, but none for temporal. Um, and like, that's the best argument I've heard about that. So like, if you, like, if it's, if there's, there's a joke in the Jewish community, which is like, you, like, what writers should you read, um, you know, because they weren't anti-Semitic? And the answer is none. <laughs> like, there are no <laughs> great writers for you to read because all of them hated Jews. Like, rob Dahl, massive anti-Semite. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huge huh. anti-Semite. Um, Jared Tolkien was not, Tolkien was good, um, uh, the other one C.S. Lewis, huge anti-Semite. Yeah,
0: uh, he hated a lot of things though.
1: Cracks, um, and I'm like and C.S. Like, Lewis. I yeah, know.
0: I was making yeah, sad. Uh,
1: George Orwell, uncomfortable with how uh, anti-Semitic he was. He wrote about how uncomfortable he was with the amount that he hated Jews. Not that he stopped hating <laughs> Jews, but he was like. I think I should tone down the hatred of Jews.
0: I mean, that's an A for effort, right? Not for the substance, but like the process to get there.
1: It's, 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 if, if you read his diary, it's fascinating. He's like, you like recognizing
2: your own problems, but like, <laughs> no, I'm good with it. Really?
1: It's like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Ah, oh, you're an AA. You're trying to fix it. No, I'm just acknowledging this. Yes. Like, okay, great. This is thanks. a problem
2: I have. Moving on.
1: <laughs> um, this stopped being about soccer. Oh my yeah, goodness. We need There's to, about we five minutes of soccer
2: content in this hour. <laughs>
1: um so dear listener, this is actually probably a good time to mention to you that um uh Touchlines and Touchdowns 2.0 is coming. Um, we don't really know what it's gonna look like. We have a meeting scheduled for next week. Um, it might be more like this, where we just sort of have media criticism and it's three dudes talking about Simpsons and Dave Portnoy, for some reason. And, and um, you'll
2: all stop listening.
1: And you'll all stop listening. And if that's the case, great, cool, let us know. Um, we might be more focused. Um, we might Except be more for that drunk. one guy in Portland. Except for that one guy in Portland. Um, he loves us. Um, I don't but, know why. I don't know. He's cool. I like him. He's
0: He's, he's got to be our most consistent listener. <laughs> yeah, it's him. That it's it's it, isn't directly related to one of us.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, probably. Um, so shout out to you. Um, we don't actually know your real name, um, no. but... Um, but I, uh, th- there's in, just to sort of give you a preview of what's coming on this podcast, um, obviously, we're going to get through football season. Um, we don't know if we're going to bring back Nerdcast. We might. It's going to be... It's, it's on the agenda. Um, we definitely are going to introduce a new series of um, drunk soccer talk. Um, and by drunk, I mean altered, because in some places, weed is legal, and in other places, it's not. Um, so... And also, weed doesn't give you a hangover, allegedly. Not that I would know. I'm a teetotaler. I'm a good Christian. I'm not Christian. Um but uh I don't know point, why you're going
0: down this side. But the road. point
1: no, but but the point is is that we're gonna have that series. We're gonna do some some other fun things uh that we think you guys will enjoy. Um would you
0: wrap this up. Uh
1: you can find our guest, uh Ben <laughs> at BL Herald on Twitter. Uh, you can also find him on his website, uh halfspaces.com. You can find my co-host, uh Napoleon Gregg at Mr. Murder 89 uh, tweet at him with all of his, your worst opinions. Um, you can find me at Diamonds Esquire or at TLS TDS. Um, I'm usually the guy on the nor- on the main account. Um, I got quoted into, uh, super right-wing racist land, uh, last night. Um, is that from I, the,
0: wait, is that from the bill De, De, what's his face? De De Filippo? No, yeah. no okay, it, was from, it
1: was from a tweet that I was supporting, uh, Michael Felder, um, and, and, uh, got retweeted into, uh, like a very not so fun place in Twitter. And like, I got a whole bunch of, uh, ads and then I, um, deleted them because you can do that. And then I blocked the account that quote tweeted me and suddenly there you go. Um, anyways, oh, uh, yeah. Um, if you want our, uh, Simpsons quote of the day, you can find us on Instagram. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith workforce management group, whoever blue air decides to put in paramount plus, and plus Swole-y, Swole-y, Swole-y so overalls um that's it getting out in front of that uh please like subscribe share tell your friends tell your enemies tell your i don't know somebody who you think would enjoy this level of uh, football and football mashup which is uh and
0: simpsons content
1: and simpsons content um obviously dear listener uh thank you so much for listening we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you so thank you so much and we will see you next time i'm gonna go watch frazier Podcast Network.